Hello, my badass fire starters. Welcome to Rebirth of Venus. My name is Caitlin Matanley, and this show is all about achieving the sacred pleasure of your highest potential through spirituality, self-empowerment, entrepreneurship, and magic. It's time to unabashedly blaze your own path by turning up the volume on your total authenticity. I'm an outlaw life and success coach for rebel boss witches and modern mystics, and I'm so excited to have you join me. Thank you for listening. Hello, my friends. Welcome to Rebirth of Venus. This is Caitlin Matanley. And today I'm here to talk about something that is weighing heavy on my heart. And by weighing heavy on my heart, I mean I'm fucking sick of it. (laughs) It is something that instead of, you know, disappearing into all the old paradigm shit that I'm happy to see collapsing around us, it has seemed to experience a resurgence greater than ever. And that is the productivity cult or the productivity industrial complex or whatever you want to call it. It's that thing that right now, despite us being in, um, I don't know, a global fucking pandemic, (laughs) is making you feel like you are a piece of shit if you are not writing the next King Lear because Shakespeare wrote King Lear when the theaters were closed for the plague. Or that you need to be writing your novel because, like, I don't know, someone else wrote a novel during the whatever. (laughs) I want to talk today about the balance between using whatever this time is for you. And I'm acknowledging and I will be in more detail acknowledging the the greatly varying experiences that people are having here both in terms of the practical reality of their lives in terms of the resources they have etc um but i'm going to be talking today about striking the balance between okay like you know things are different regardless of whether you are home or working out of the home or quarantined or not or like whatever your situation is things are different now in some way shape or form and I'm going to today be talking about the balance between using that time in a way that feels empowered. Notice I'm not saying productive because I've actually chosen to eliminate that word from my vocabulary possibly forever. So the balance between, you know, using your time on purpose, let's say that, and giving yourself what you actually need and how to tell what you actually need. And... I'm going to be pointing out today some kind of paradigm shifting shit, which is basically that we don't have any goddamn idea what we actually need because we are so overwhelmed and our inner voices are so drowned out by the many voices around us. It is so challenging, although not impossible, I'm going to show you how to do this today. It is so challenging to really cut through all the bullshit, all the voices of others, the opinions of others, the media influences, and identify what you're here to do and how it's meant to be done in this moment. And we think like, 
we can just turn off for a couple hours and like have clarity. But we are so drowned in, like I said, these outer influences, opinions, ideas that we look at and we look to before the voice of inside of us. We're so drowned by these external influences that what we truly need is a, a major detox. And this is potentially a good time to do that. So the thing about this time, and if you've no idea what I'm talking about, I mean, I'm talking about coronavirus. <laughs> it's funny because I feel like, you know, it's, it's, it. <laughs> I feel like it's the kind of situation where it's like we don't even have to like talk about what it is anymore. We actually can just say the situation and for the possibly first time ever, it's not like us being afraid to call it for what it is or bypass what's happening. It's just like the thing, the thing that everybody's thinking about, the thing. It's not even the elephant in the room anymore. It's just like it's the thing. (laughs) So the thing is about the thing that... As I said, regardless of the specifics of your situation, the reality is that the world is changing and the world is changed. And we are being confronted more than ever with the reality that the shit that worked before did not, never really worked at all. And we're noticing where like those of us who are now at home, who are now spending more time at home, are suddenly coming face to face, whether they acknowledge it or not or realize it or not, with all of their demons, all of the voices that tell you you're not good enough, that you have to change, that you have to be different in order to be blank, successful, worthy, whatever it is for you. So I do believe that if we don't, like how often are we globally in a situation where like everything's fucking changing and it's super obvious to everybody? And this applies to you whether you are working from home now, lucky you, Um, whether you are laid off from your job, depending on your perspective and your experience. I'm not going to tell you whether that's lucky for you or not. Only you can decide Um, because I've talked to a lot of people actually who have been laid off and they have varying experiences. You know, there's a lot of different experiences around getting laid off. So I'm not going to be presumptuous about what that means to you. There are people who are still required to work outside the home and, you know, have to deal with everything that's in, that's related to that, um, whether they're in you know, essential businesses or whatever the situation is. Um, there are people who are really viscerally in the experience of like, how the fuck am I going to get through this financially? And that is people from a variety of situations. Um, the thing they have all in common is that they are all standing on the edge of a changed world. And here's the thing. Like I said, how often does it happen when the world is changed and everybody notices? Usually it's only the people who have like are like deep in the work and like really spiritually attuned or whatever, you know, really sensitive. Often it's like they're the canaries in the cold mine, the cold mine, the coal mine. And, you know, if you identify with any of those labels, then I'm sure it's like it's it, you probably feel the way I felt like um, in <laughs> this is kind of a dark 
analogy, but it's an honest one. You know, this is how I kind of felt like over the past few years being from the United States and seeing just like shit get really fucking real, both, you know, under the Trump administration and even before that, you know, I'm thinking about situations where like suddenly average people, not all of them, but many of them went from being not really very political at all to being like, wow, this system is fucked up. And then like the people like me, like the, you know, (laughs) the political radicals were like, we've been telling you this for like 50 years. I'm not 50, but like (laughs) it's, you know, it's kind of funny because it's like when you're one of these social canaries in the coal mine, it's funny. It's really interesting to see people, other people suddenly realize what you've known for some time. And it's not like yeah, I've been talking about this forever. You know, like I was talking about this before it was cool. It's not about that. It's about like, wow, this is what the collective awakening looks like. This is interesting. And so, you know, a lot of people right now are being forced into a spiritual awakening. And guess what? Like spiritual awakenings don't feel good usually. (laughs) And the funny thing is, whether or not you identify as spiritual or not, and probably you do identify as spiritual in some way because you listen to this podcast, but regardless of whether, like how spiritual you view yourself as, the reality is that it's easy to forget that spirituality doesn't actually usually feel good. It's not actually a light and love fest as, you know, promised on Instagram. <laughs> I don't know about you. I mean, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just me. And I have acknowledged that I'm someone who learns lessons the hard way. And that's a paradigm I'm really working on shifting. I have been actively working on shifting that because I don't think it has to be that way. Um, But for me, my spiritual awakenings have always felt like shit. (laughs) It's like the, the world felt like it was ending. I had no idea who I was, what I was meant for. I felt like I had no purpose or I felt like my purpose was so great that there's no way I could fucking handle it. Probably oscillating between those two from minute to minute, you know? Um, does this resonate with you? Like, have you been feeling over the past two, three weeks, regardless of where you are in all this, like really wild cycling of emotions, ups and downs. And I'm not talking like week to week. I'm not even talking day to day. I'm talking like minute to minute, second to second, (laughs) just me. (laughs) But the reality is, you know, we forget that this is what awakening feels like. It's like it's like when you're really asleep I think about my partner who's like a very heavy sleeper and like the traumatic look in his eyes when I wake him up suddenly that's how we feel collectively right now (laughs) we have been awoken awoken is that a word I don't even know from a deep sleep and we're still like half fucking asleep we're like but it's like okay it's like if you took an Ambien and you didn't sleep the eight hours like you're supposed to (laughs) you wake up in the middle and you're just like sleepwalking kind of and like kind of awake but you've already what's happening that's us right now so um if you're wondering why you're not feeling creative or productive maybe that's why (laughs) maybe that's why so I've I about a week ago started doing this online fitness class that I really love it's called the class and in one of the classes earlier this week they said the teacher said that what we're Feeling physically is a very normal reaction to what is happening. And it felt so good to hear someone say that. <laughs> and like I knew that intuitively, but it's like we are experiencing 
a collective, you know, violent awakening slash, you know, collective trauma, like we're, we're experiencing grief, like this is what it feels like, you know, I mean, and, and if you, even for a moment over the past two weeks, which I promise is everyone listening, it's definitely me. And I'm the one recording this podcast. So it's like, you know, even I'm experiencing this. If you have at any point asked yourself, like, why am I not, you know, being productive? Why am I not achieving right now? I really invite you to examine where that comes from. Because yes, like it comes, our, our, our exploration of this comes in multiple forms. It comes from first identifying what we are expecting from ourselves and like what the, like I said, the normal reaction is to what we're experiencing. And maybe we don't know because maybe we've never experienced it. And this is why actually people, like a lot of people I know who have, you know, a history of trauma or anxiety or like any number of other things are like, I'm actually dealing with this kind of well. And I read, I saw something on the internet. It was like someone, I guess, had said to their therapist, like that they're actually doing really well. And they said something about like, is it possible because you were raised in chaos, you're more comfortable there? And they were like, fuck. So, you know, regardless of what your experience is, maybe you have experienced these things before and you're like, oh, this feels, this feels right in a certain way. <laughs> or at least you've felt that in moments. Or maybe you've never experienced this stuff before and you're like, well, what alien planet am I on? I assure you it's normal. I assure you it's normal. But it's not just about being self-accepting and like, oh, like it's okay. It's okay to take a week to chill. Like, spoiler alert, it's always okay to take a week to chill. It's always okay. So the fact that we think that we need a global pandemic to, I don't know, take a rest is a big problem. And it's the same problem that's coming out in a lot of posts I'm seeing on the internet about like how we're supposed to be grateful for this time. And I'm not saying like don't view, like it's important to have a well-rounded view of things and to recognize like, okay, if you're in a situation, there's a lot of different ways of dealing with it. And you can, in air quotes, make the most of something, of course. But I saw something today. Somebody was responding to one of these posts where they're like, basic, the post, the original post is something like, this is actually a blessing. Like, people are out with their, not out with their families. People are at home with their families. And like, the air is clean. It's like the same thing where like all of these fake news posts about like dolphins swimming in the Venice canals, which like turns out are, they're like, all like all these posts are fake. <laughs> According to National Geographic, they did like an expose where they were basically like, sorry, guys, elephants aren't getting drunk and like sleeping, you know, in fields and there aren't actually dolphins in the Venice canals. Sorry. <laughs> I was bummed, too. I really was. I wanted it to be true. But anyway, the, the response to this post was imagine having so much privilege that you need a global pandemic to remind you to be grateful for it. And I was like mic drop yes and this person who you responded that way is from a developing country that's being really really badly hit by this right now and um it's just like it's I think it's really important to recognize that yeah of course we can be grateful in any moment and how fucked up that we need a crazy disaster to like remind us to be grateful to remind us that it's okay to take a break 
that's a big problem and that's what I refer to as like the productivity cult the you know productivity industrial complex and guess what I'm an escapee so I can speak from experience because not long ago um, in my second business it really really came to a head and I was I don't know how many hours a week I was working 70 to 90 I don't know I mean I don't I honestly I was always working like so I don't really know um and not just always working but so like not so much but all of my self-worth was wrapped up in my work and my business and my identity within that business so for that business to not succeed and I'm putting that in air quotes again, succeed in the way that I had envisioned, which guess what? Like if you're an entrepreneur in any moment, your business may not be succeeding the way you envisioned because things shift constantly. And like we're experiencing like a real workshop on that now. I mean, entrepreneurship is about pivoting 100%. But like life is about pivoting. It's about recognizing like what isn't working and recognizing it quickly and shifting it. But when we have all of our self-worth wrapped up in the way things are, and the way things we imagine them to be in the future, that means that in any moment, all of our self-worth can be ripped away from us because things are changing constantly and they're changing faster than ever, obviously. So I invite you to examine why, like, what that's really about because I promise you, it's not about your, you know, being a high achiever. It's not about you having high standards for yourself. Guess what? I look back to working like that, like I said, the self-worth thing, um, all the problems that arose from it. I remember just like on a weekly basis, like freaking out, panic attacks, crying on the floor, um, clinical depression, anxiety, major back pain, um, which I would hurt my back doing things and then be taken out for like two weeks and just my world would collapse around me. And it's like, wow, how fucked up that my body would like needed to have its back thrown out, like putting on a shoe incorrectly or something so that I could get a break. How fucked up is that? And you may think like, ah, like I, I, I stop before it gets to that point. But if you are in a constant state of anxiety about your work, whatever that is, and not just your work, but any of the other number of things you may be using to numb. So maybe it's work. I mean, okay, here are the ones that I've used and that I see life really differently in a place of not using them the same way. You know, it might be work. It might be alcohol. It might be spending or shopping. It might be, you know, unhealthy relationships, which is interesting because I think it's really interesting to see how relationships are beginning during this time where it's like, I don't think... There's really going to be quite as much space for that unhealthiness because people are like forced to sit with themselves. They can't just numb out by like, oh, I'm going to go meet this random person and, you know, like get what I need as far as like sex or as far as, you know, validation or whatever. That that numbing device has been like really torn away for a lot of people. Um, People who are single, people who are like looking for relationships. That's an interesting one. Um, but like alcohol, I mean, gosh, like the alcohol thing is interesting because I've had a couple of people in my world, like one of my clients, um, I saw like a couple of people posting about this on Facebook, talking about how they were, they'd made the, they set the intention to be um, sober or alcohol free or whatever for the duration of this 
quarantine or like, you know, this situation. And I thought that was genius. And here's the thing, like, I am not judging you if you're like, I need alcohol to get through this. Because guess what? Like, I stopped drinking in 2016 and I started again in 2017 when I was going through a major life transition. And I was literally, those are those are my thoughts. I was like, I cannot get through this without booze. And you know what? Like, it was fine, you know? And I stopped drinking again um, this past December. And that's, I mean, been a really interesting journey. I'll, I can talk about it more, in more depth another time. But it's really interesting looking at something that's like such an easy, socially accepted numbing device and no longer having it. And that's not to say like you don't have other numbing devices, but you have to be kind of more aware and more conscious and be like, oh, wait, what am I going to numb with instead? Like you have to recognize that like the numbing is what's happening, you know? So, I mean, for me, that has been such a clarifying element in my life that, you know, absence of alcohol. I've never felt clear about who I am, about what I desire, about like where I'm going. And the best thing is that I have so much more control over my energy, which is actually why I stopped. Like the first time I stopped, it was like I had a drinking problem. Um, But this time it wasn't that even like I wasn't even drinking super frequently, although I've always been in the category of like I could have one. But like once it gets to two, it's like I want to party, you know, (laughs) So I'd be like, I'm going to have one or 12. (laughs) Um, And then when it came to like mezcal, it's like, there's no way I'm having one mezcal. I'm having six. (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) So so anyway, for me, the, the, the whole reasoning behind that was recognizing super clearly that it was taking so much more energy from me than it was giving to me. And that's allowed me to achieve a much higher level of energetic mastery which I'm not a master a higher level (laughs) so before I was at like a two maybe I'm at like a six now I don't really know I haven't thought about numbers but what's interesting is that you know it doesn't have to be about that thing for you it's just about recognizing like where we numb and so I absolutely used to numb with work and busyness I mean these are things in my conversations with friends I'm hearing a lot of people talk about like just suddenly being slapped in the face with oh my gosh like how much they've been numbing with work with like finding purpose in their work I mean gosh like that's something I could also do a whole separate episode on you know finding like how they would numb with busyness just like always being with people um drinking has definitely come up because a lot of people well like I I think I saw a meme that basically said um, everyone, there can be two types of people that come out of this situation. And I don't want to say quarantine because like not everyone's able or privileged enough to be quarantined or like self-isolating. So, but I do want to acknowledge that no one is exempt of like the craziness that's happening, obviously. Um, so it, it said like there can be two types of people that come out of this, people who become alcoholics and people who become gourmet chefs. <laughs> and again, like in zero like I'm zero percent judging whichever side you're on and obviously it's a meme it's not like you know there's there's a gray area (laughs) but it's it's really interesting to watch people be you know like I said slapped in the face with like wow all these things I did I, I don't have or I don't have in the same way 
you know, what do I do? I mean, with the alcohol thing, like unless you're hoarding alcohol, you're probably not drinking the way you were because a lot of people drink mostly out. Um, a lot of my friends who drink a lot, like it's at restaurants and stuff like that. And it's like, if you're not going to restaurants, unless you're ordering a case of wine, which like maybe you are. I mean, I totally used to be in the case of wine crowd. So <laughs> it's actually, you know, it's it's very cost efficient. <laughs> but my point is, you know, we were all encountering the reality that's underneath it. So the thing about the productivity cult is it tells you that your worth comes from how much you do, which is actually really false. So I look back on, you know, heavily medicated, crying on the floor, like threw my back out, you know, relationship suffering, like everything like fucked up because of my relationship with work. And I'm a Capricorn. I love to work. I love to work. I love it. I love working. I love business. I love working on my business. I love working on other people's businesses. I'm a business coach. (laughs) Hell, even like at dinner with friends. Not that I'm doing that now. But, you know, we're talking about business. Like, I love it. I love it. I really do. And I definitely consider myself a high achiever. Um, And what's interesting is that I, too, always connected that with how much I was working because we glorify busyness. And if you're not busy, you're not important in Western society. And like, that's fucking stupid. (laughs) But it's also false because, I mean, it's actually been proven that nobody really can work more on a regular basis more than like five or six hours a day. Like even people in important jobs like are killing time for some of that time, whether or not they acknowledge they're doing it or not. Because here's the thing busyness is an illusion as well and so we're like yeah but I really am I just don't have time anytime someone tells me they don't have time for something I laugh because I know from telling myself that same thing that it's an excuse it's an excuse you may not have the time you think is required to do it maybe you have a story about like it's better since I can't do this thing for two hours a day it's not worth it to do 10 minutes you know and I and that's just that's just self-sabotage really because it's always better to do something than not and if you're an all or nothing type person which I've absolutely struggled with that then you're going to feel like well I can't do it perfectly so I'm not going to do it at all and that's self-sabotage because guess what it means you don't do it at all so whether you're dealing with that or you know just like not being honest about how you're spending your time And it's interesting to see, I think, how people are experiencing time differently now because of this. And for this, I'm going to be speaking mostly to the people who are at home, whether like working from home or now unemployed or like who are at home for some reason. Um, I do. I think this applies, honestly, to people who are outside of the home as well. And just anecdotally and talking to people like my partner is working out of the home still like you know, talking to people, this seems to be the case. Like people in general are feeling like time. We've entered a time vortex. At least that's my theory. And I mean, we've entered a new era and everything's different. And time is one of them because time is an illusion and our experience of time is what makes it exist. So our collective experience of it is changing. You may be feeling like it's speeding up or slowing down, like you have more of it or less of it. But here's the thing. I believe that like the people who are feeling like they have less of it and like time is going by faster um, or and the people who have the opposite experience 
they feel like it's going by super slow and they have you know more of it it's it's related to how much or how little work you were actually doing before because if you're somebody who like thought you were always really busy and now you're like at home and the reality is the things that you're doing don't take up that much time and then you're suddenly like what what's all this other time I was busy before it's like well maybe you weren't and you may have the opposite experience of you know filling yourself filling your time with a lot of like busy tasks busy work and just because a lot of that stuff has been taken away because a lot of times busy work involves like you know it involves things that are kind of old paradigm now so it's like sending a million emails but now more people are hopping on zoom calls which is like probably more efficient or whatever you know it's interesting because unless you've actually tracked your time and how you use it you don't have a clear idea of where where you're using it and that's actually a reason I often and it's funny because my clients my my private coaching clients or my group coaching clients they you know, we go really deep into the spiritual work. So they're sometimes surprised when at the beginning I start with some of the practical stuff, which is like, okay, I want you to track your time, track what you're spending it on for three days. That's super powerful because it, it, it's an exercise in radical honesty. And without self-honesty, you cannot be a person of impact. If you're thinking like, oh, yeah, like I'm really so busy. I don't have time for like the things that actually matter. But you're not being honest about the fact that like those breaks to zone out, maybe they're 15 minutes at a time, but you take 10 of them a day, um, 150 minutes, that's over two hours. You know, you start to realize like, oh, this isn't about policing yourself. It's about just recognizing what's actually happening so that we can then decide like, well, does this feel like what I want or not? Maybe it is. Or maybe those 15-minute breaks like aren't even restful because you're not fully giving yourself to them. I talk about this a lot because a lot of people I know right now are being really hard on themselves because they're like, oh, I'm just, once three o'clock hits, I just want to watch Netflix. And it's like, well, maybe if instead during that Netflix time, instead of guilting yourself and feeling like, oh, I'm, you know, I should be doing something else. And then as a result, you can't enjoy it at all. It's like this guilty pleasure thing. To me, guilt and pleasure do not go together. If you're feeling guilty, you're not in your full like pleasure potential around something. You're just not. So if instead you just really you're like, you know what? Three o'clock, Netflix time. Two hours, make it cozy. There's going to be snacks, whatever it is you need. And really gave yourself to it. I guarantee that like five hours would turn into two. Because you, and you'd actually feel more rested. And then you come out of it being like, I'm ready to be creative now. I mean, maybe sometimes it takes like a few days, like sometimes it takes a few days of just blobness, as I call it, before you are ready to you know, face the world. And that's fine, because guess what? That three days of like full on blobness and then being ready to face the world in a real way, that's actually more efficient than like four hours of blobness for like three weeks, because you're not being honest with yourself about the fact that you just need to turn off. You need to turn off. So self-honesty, I mean, it can come in a few different forms like I just mentioned, but it's so important. So you have to then recognize, you know, 
what what's the, what are the lies you're telling yourself? And that is where everything changed for me. Because I'm still super ambitious. I'm still a high achiever. I still love to work. And what I realized once I actually got honest by actually looking at, you know, how I was spending my time in real life, what, you know, what I was putting my energy into in real life, you know, even other things like how much money I was making, you know, or how much, how good I felt in my business or how much impact I was making, how many, you know, we all measure impact and success differently. So it's really important to know what your own metrics are. Like for me, it's like, do I feel good? Do I feel excited to work? Am I having awesome conversations with people who are excited about my work? Like whether or not those leads to sales, that's actually irrelevant because for me, it's like being engaged with the world. And then of course, like it's a business, you know, I'm going to look at money. So what I found is that actually once I started working less, the world didn't end. I didn't make less money. And I'll tell you what happened in a moment. But the only reason I got there is because I just was exhausted, like not just exhausted, but like every, I mean, it, it just became so clear that that old way wasn't working. It wasn't working. So you may have the moment where you're just like, I cannot fucking do this anymore, but you don't have to let yourself get to that point. You can just go into it like any change, any shift with a willingness to do, to try something different, like an experiment. That's always the language I use with myself when I'm playing with something new, because here's the thing, like, if a new habit or lifestyle or paradigm doesn't serve you and doesn't make you feel better, what's the point? Like there isn't a universal thing. Like I, I fucking hate these books and articles that are like five things all millionaires do. And it's like, wake up before six, which like I wake up, I often wake up before six, but like because it flows and aligns with me and my rhythms and like what I want to do in my day and blah 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 or like they read a book a week it's like I guess I do that too but again because I like to read and like actually right now I'm last last year I read over 100 books this year I think I've read like three maybe which I guess still pretty good but you know far cry from last year the point is like to when, when you do things just because you think you're supposed to do them that defeats the purpose because the purpose is for them to shift your state into making you feel more primed for whatever it is you're creating. So one of my mentors, Amanda Francis, she says, every paradigm is available. Ooh, I just burped a little. Ooh, I'm drinking iced coffee. That's I've been doing every afternoon um, and morning. Well, morning is usually hot coffee. Afternoon is iced. Anyway, not really relevant. Um, but... Oh, yeah. She says every paradigm is available, which like it's up to you to choose which one you're going to live by. Which one do you want to live by? You know, that really stuck with me because it was like nothing is the magic formula. What works for one person isn't going to work for you just because of what it is. Like if it was that easy, everybody would be a millionaire. <laughs> but if it puts you in the space of like you feel better then great. And the funny thing is, actually, she <laughs> is a multimillionaire and sleeps till like 11 every day. So, you know, there's definitely no one way to be successful. Um, so my point here is what lies are you telling yourself about what's necessary? And are you willing just to see 
just to play and explore the idea of something being different. So for me, it had to get to like rock bottom and I just was like exhausted and then like my entire life fell apart and then, you know, a bunch of other things happened and I was like in a new business and then it just like things were, everything was different. You know, the, the whole, the reality, the physical reality of my life had shifted so much that when I started my third business, I didn't even consider doing it the same way just because my life was so different. Like I was nomadic. I was, you know, it was just, there were so many things different. So I had to shift how I did things, but it wasn't until my current business, which if you're like, how many businesses have you had? I'm a serial entrepreneur. I've been an entrepreneur for over 10 years. My current business is my fourth business. I think it's my forever business, but you know, I'm sure I'll start some others in the future on the side or something. But, um, the, so I, it, it got to rock bottom for me, but that doesn't have to be the case for you. So, what I did is I just, I had to do something different. So I just started doing things differently and it was kind of natural, but I encourage you to have an experiment, but you have to really commit. You have to fully commit. I'd say for like at least a month, I say one or two months, like commit. And it can help first to quiet the conscious mind. So maybe you look down with your numbers because everyone's always like, if I just, but if I just slow down, like I'm not gonna make money and like I won't be able to pay my bills. That's what everyone says. And I can tell you as somebody who has um, lived on the edges of poverty most of my life (laughs) and has been in like some crazy situations because of it, I can tell you that you will always figure it out and look at your life. In fact, the, if you look back, it it seems to me like you may have a um, perfect track record of it always working out because you're alive if you're listening to this. I don't think I have any ghost listeners, but you never know. Um, And yeah, maybe it didn't work out the way you wanted or it wasn't perfect or it hurt or whatever, but it worked out. Like you figured something out. You figured something out. So you have a perfect track record. Probably this time isn't going to be different. And I know this sounds kind of like, duh. But the reality is sometimes it takes this obvious, like Captain Obvious type stuff to really shift our thinking around things. So then from there, like, okay, if you're really worried about the money thing and and you are, I mean, money's fucking crazy right now, but it's it's not more crazy now because actually you always could have been about to lose your job. And I do not want it to sound like I'm not being empathetic to people who have lost their jobs because I know that's terrifying. But I also know from talking to many of you who have lost your jobs that you're like, fuck, I mean, I guess I'm just going to figure out what the fuck I'm going to do, you know, whether I like it or not. I have to figure something out, so maybe I should just, and, and I, no one's hiring, so figuring it out is, I mean, of course, like, no one's hiring. That's a story, but, like, I imagine fewer people are hiring. Makes sense. Um, but it's like, okay, if you feel like you're probably not going to get another job, at least for a little while, then you have a period of time to figure something out. I always say to start with, like, like look at your numbers, you know, and for some people, In fact, sometimes the people who are most afraid of like chilling out and and, you know, whatever that means to them are the people who are the most secure financially. And I don't know if that's just coincidence or a pattern or what, but I definitely notice that it's people who are like freaking out about being broke who are like the farthest from being broke, you know, because scarcity doesn't go away just because you have money. So be honest with yourself. And if you need help. I'll be honest for you (laughs) because I have like literally zero patience for 
people who are like, I can't do that because I'm going to be broke or like I don't have enough money. And it's like mm, as somebody who started four businesses with zero money and who has quit jobs in poverty and just like done all the things you're not supposed to do. While I know that not everybody has the same tolerance for risk as somebody like me does, the reality is like, I don't come to me with your excuses. <laughs> I say that with love. I really do. I really do. Because like the excuses are really pervasive and society upholds these excuses because it's like we see firsthand what happens when we're afraid to take chances and afraid to think differently. But here's the thing, like the like your boss doesn't care about you. Capitalism doesn't care about you. The government doesn't care about you. They don't. They don't. So what better time to be to question what you've been told by them? Because what you've been told by them has been told to you to keep you in line. And it sucks to feel like it was all for nothing. And I know that some of you feel that way right now. But let's do something different. Okay, so regardless of where you are, I want you to really look at things and be like, okay. So if it's like, if where you are is I have no money, look at like, a, what's the minimum I need to survive? And it's less than you think because you can definitely call your creditors right now and negotiate lower rates and lower payments because everyone's doing it. I mean, everyone's doing it. Um... You can, you know, call and I mean, maybe I don't know your rent situation, but you can talk to your landlord. So figure out like what's really what's the minimum and like by questioning everything first. Figure out what you need. Take inventory of what you have, both physically like money, sure, you know, food that you have, whatever, but also like what's available to you in the community. And like I said, it's absolutely more than you think I promise so from there you know okay maybe you're somebody who has resources congratulations be honest like really honest with yourself and a lot of people are changing their habits right now so the things they thought they could never live without like you're probably living without at least to the same extent um and a lot of those are like first world problem things but the reality is like they still play a part in the illusion that we cast and so it's important to recognize, like, that they're real for people. You know, whether or not, like, feeling like you could never go without dinners out feels the same as, you know, whether you could go without, like, hot water. I mean, both sides of the coin I've been on, believe me. Um, but regardless of that, you know, just identifying, like, oh, well, I, I can go without clear that clearly, you know. And so here's the thing. The point of this isn't like cut back and scrimp and save, especially if you don't have to. That's like a separate thing. But the and that's a personal choice, really. But what this is about is just playing with your logical mind of being like, OK, I'm not going to die. I mean, you know, it's like that fear. I mean, like, obviously, the, the subject of personal safety and health is like complicated right now. My point is, you know, we sometimes think like changing something that could impact the cash flow is going to like hurt us. And I just want you to sit and be really honest with that. And maybe you come to the fact that like your fears were exactly founded and, and, and everything adds up to, to tell you, yes, you should be afraid. Like, OK, that may be your argument and that's fine. Like 
just do just just sit with it and do it and see what you find and from when once you've done that you know figure out how you want to do this experiment is it going to be a month two months I mean this situation isn't going anywhere for um I mean a lot of estimates of like things closing and stuff are through the end of April but like let's be real it's gonna be a couple months you know so whether you like it or not probably you're gonna have the time to do an experiment because whatever your situation is now you know it could definitely change but the world situation may not change a lot who knows who knows so look at okay like I'm gonna just experiment for two months or fuck I'm gonna experiment for one week start with that start with something small I mean I do say to commit to like a slightly longer period start with where you're like I could do that I can hold the faith I can believe it's the right path for a week do it for a week two days and then after the two days do another two days and so on and so on and what this will look like is gonna be different for different people but if you're really in the spiral of like working constantly so stressed out especially for my self-employed people because you do have more freedom in terms of like how you run things and your choice to be stressed out all the time is a choice whereas like if you are um I don't know working in the medical fields right now yeah, like you have a choice in how you deal with things, but also you're in an environment that's super stressful. So I don't want to, you know, while I do believe you can create, your, your reaction to things is of your creation. The reality beyond that is that the greater things you're experiencing do impact how easy it feels to make that choice. And I've absolutely met people in really, really stressful situations who were just like handling it really well. And then people who in not so stressful situations were freaking out, you know, so it's like it's it's not about like an across the board, like you create your reality, you know, (laughs) kind of situation. But it's just recognizing like, okay, so for my self-employed people like, yeah, your business may be like lessened right now or maybe you may be pivoting and be stressed. But my invitation to you is to stop and listen listen to yourself listen to what you want to do and you can start with just like yes or no do I want to do this or not for everything that comes to you instead of just immediately acting on it and being reactionary ask ask yourself This may sound overly simplistic, but the reality is like you have a physical awareness of what is the path for you and just pay attention to what that feels like. And over time, you develop that language. So, you know, ultimately what this is going to look like really for you in these coming weeks, months is probably slowing down significantly. And as I started telling the story before, so when I just out of need, out of rock bottom need, decided to do things differently in business, in work, in mission, and just thinking like, what would it be like if I trusted my rhythms? What would it be like if I just trusted that I actually knew what to do and that if I was procrastinating on something, maybe there's a reason for it. And I would go do something else instead instead of like guilting myself and staring at a computer screen for three days instead. 
what if I set the intention that like the answers always come? What if I trusted that they were already here, the answers? And, you know, whatever your specific questions are, are going to be different. Um, They're going to be different for everybody. But just start to identify how the kind of language you use around this stuff and ask yourself these questions and then follow through. So when you're constantly feeling the urge to do something, just do it. Even if it's Netflix, even if it's eating pasta. (laughs) I mean, I promise you, like the people who are like, if I just did what I wanted and like went with the flow, I would just sit on my sofa and eat pizza for, you know, all day, every day. It's like you wouldn't actually, because if you're in tune with that, like after you received what you needed from that pizza on the sofa for three days, which is probably just comfort, you'd be ready for a shift. And here's the thing. I know you may hear this and think like, oh, well, I don't have the privilege to just like do what I want. But you have the privilege to listen to what you want. Yeah, there are going to be times when you're like, okay, I just have to fucking do this. But actually what I found, this is what I found about that. What I found is when something comes up where it's like, I just fucking do it, Caitlin. The voice in me that's like, oh, I don't want to. If I listen to that voice and I'm like, okay, like it's just, just something that's not flowing right now. Deep down, I actually know I'm just being a baby. I'm just going to fucking do it. Because, yeah, there are things in life that, like, not everything feels amazing. But it can feel good to do those things. So really just set the intention to listen. And while I would love you to follow through on as many of those things as possible, and that your mileage may vary depending on your, on your situation, I do encourage you just to listen. You do have the privilege to listen. We all do. And listening doesn't always happen in the ears. It happens in the heart. So you can, listening may feel like feeling. It may feel like, maybe it does feel like listening. Maybe it feels like looking. Like, I don't know what it feels like to you. But I guarantee you'll figure it out if you just stop and listen. And it gets uncomfortable here. And some of you are already feeling this discomfort of what I do with this empty space. Of suddenly I'm not having someone talk to me all 24 hours a day. I'm not surrounding myself with people like I I don't even know if I know how to be alone. And so it's going to feel uncomfortable at first, just like if I'm in meditation, sometimes like I will feel completely fine. And the second I drop into meditation, my whole body will get like itchy or I'm like I get like a, you know, twitch in my eye or something. It's like my as soon as I'm even though I was calm and fine before, as soon as I have to be calm and fine, it's like my body freaks out. So let your nervous system calibrate with that discomfort and recognize like it's fine to feel uncomfortable. I'm hearing a lot of people right now being like, oh, I just oh, like I I can't do like creating these stories about like what they can and can't do and, and what they, you know, can handle and all this stuff. And it's like it's fine for it to be uncomfortable. But we are so used to fixing things. But the fixing things, it's a band aid. It's not it's very rarely the solution like moving um, location or like going out and getting a change of scenery or like talking to someone. Those things are usually band-aids and and it's fine. Like I'm not saying band-aids aren't useful, but ultimately eventually you have to like look at what the underlying problem is. And I mean, you don't have to, but if you don't, you're going to, the problem gets bigger. So 
do you want to be in charge of that exploration or have the exploration just happen to you where you end up in a rock bottom situation and, you're, and you just suddenly have to change everything, you know? I mean, I, I don't know. You can Only you can decide which one you're ready for. But I encourage you, I, I really encourage you to, to play with the idea that life can get easier when you stop fighting it so much and when you stop filling it so much and when you give yourself space, I really believe that you know, busyness is the killer of creativity. And what that means is going to be different for everybody. Some people need a lot more open space to be creative. I'm one of them because um, I'm a lot more creative now. Oh, and by the way, like what I realized, what I learned when I decided to play with what I had told, been telling myself, what society had been telling me about what it meant to be productive and how that was like the be all end all. But I realized that was like false productivity I wasn't actually even, I was busy all the time, but I wasn't actually even creating what I wanted to create. So when I started shifting away from that paradigm, what I learned is that actually I got more done. And that's happening for me now too. I'm currently working just like a couple hours a day. And actually when it comes to like week to week, so day to day I may feel like I'm getting less done. But week to week, like in the big picture, I'm getting just as much done or even more at least when it comes to work that like is what I what brings me a sense of purpose and what I learned is that it didn't make me less money my current business is a lot more financially successful than the previous business when I was like so fucking busy all the time so that was interesting I mean being a Capricorn I really couldn't look away from those facts of like, wait, so when I chill the fuck out, which ask people close to me, like I may seem super chill and relaxed, but the people close to me know like I'm not the chillest person in the room. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, um, I can definitely be like a little intense, a little high strung. Those may be major understatements. I'm not sure. But what I realized is like I, I wasn't was just as productive or more productive I was actually accomplishing more I was actually I was definitely making more money I was definitely I had more energy um my life was more well-rounded which for me now that's a hundred that's like probably the number one thing that I look at in terms of when I how successful I feel someone is how well-rounded their life is um and once I got that evidence for myself it was a lot easier to continue on that path and so now I'm in a place where it's you know even when things look crazy, which in some ways they do now for sure, where I'm like, but like really? I mean, really? Is is this gonna work out? Like, and this is any number of things. But at this point, I have enough evidence to be like, well, probably it is, because like shit always works out in crazy ways, and I'm more willing just to like ride it out. So I'm gonna leave you there. I could talk about this so much more and I'm and I have a, a few spin-off episodes that I'd like to to talk about or I'd like to I'd like to do um things that other ideas that have come up during this conversation I'd like to explore more but as always I would love to hear your thoughts on this I'd love to hear about like what you want more information on um how how you want to apply this to your life I'd love to hear from you on Instagram. My handle is at Caitlin Matanley, and it's in the show notes as well, the direct link. Um, you can message me. I'd love to talk about this with you. And 
if this complete shift in paradigm in terms of the way you work and the way you create work in the world, not just the capitalist work that makes the money, but also the work that is the mission. If you want to dive deeper into that and look at a new way of experiencing it, then I invite you to check out my upcoming group coaching program. It's called Alma de Oro, Business Alchemy for a New Era. And it's about turning this bullshit into gold, (laughs) quite frankly. It's about recognizing the things that don't work and that are really, when we cling to them, they're these things that are, that we cling to because they are physical representations of our deepest fears, our most shadow-based instincts. And when we actually look that stuff in the face, we're able to dramatically shift the way we show up in the world, the work we create. And the crazy thing is, just like in the story I told today, that powerful work, that important work that we are here on earth to create is also our most profitable work. It's not the work that requires us to work 90 hours a week. It's the work that comes from the soul. And so it operates by the rules of the soul rather than the rules of the world, the earth, of capitalism. So this is deep personal and spiritual work. It's for entrepreneurs or those who desire to become entrepreneurs or who desire to really get clear on their their mission on earth. And I invite you all to join. So we start April 13th. Check it out. There's a link in the show notes or you can go to caitlinmatanley.com slash oro, O-R-O. And I've added some extended payment options. I've made it really easy for you to join. This is our first round of ever running this program. And, you know, this is a time when I really, it's more important than ever for the right people to be involved in this kind of work. And I don't want that just to be the people who have like a strong sense of income right now. So I have a lot of flexible payment options for you to join. So check it out. Like I said, you've about a week left to join and you can find all the details on the webpage, caitlinmatanley.com slash oro. That is linked in the show notes as well. So thank you all so much for listening. I can't wait to continue the conversation with you all on Instagram and I will talk to you again soon. Goodbye. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this episode, be sure to leave me a five-star review on the Apple Podcasts app. To keep the episodes coming, click on the link in the show notes to support the show for as little as $1 a month. I am so grateful to have you as part of this movement. I'll see you soon.